Hey everyone, this week we're bringing you one of our all-time most popular episodes about winter workouts. This is a replay from early in the life of our podcast, it's episode 22, uh, but all the tips are still great, so we hope you enjoy it and we'll be back with a new episode next week. to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I am an actor and a comedian and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we get started, remember to talk to your doctor before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, and uh, also we wanted to say if you like Just One More, which it seems like more and more of you are listening, thank you, hi out there in podcast land, we're so happy to have you. Um, we want you to subscribe to us. And it's not just because we're greedy and looking for attention and need your love. It's because we want to make it as easy for you as possible to hear our podcast. This should not be another thing in your week that is like, ugh, like I have to feed my kids, I have to work out, and I have to figure out how to download another episode of the podcast. Uh, we want it to be easy. Uh, and so once you subscribe, it's uh, you just set it and forget it. It's done. It will just appear magically on your phone or listening device every week. Um, and you'll never miss an episode. So when we make a super hilarious reference to something we talked about in episode 14, you will have uh, definitely heard it. Uh, so we don't want you to be left out um, or stressed out. So we want you to subscribe. You can either do that um, uh, from iTunes. You can click the little subscribe or you can go to justonemorepodcast.com. There's a button there that says subscribe and we can help you subscribe whether you're using Mac products, an Android phone, a uh, rock with buttons drawn on it, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts. <laughs> this is the Caveman Podcast, Caveman podcast. after all. Right. Um, we will help get you subscribed. Um, so do it. It's super easy, and then you'll never miss an episode. So Daphne, it's the winter. My favorite season. <laughs> Daphne's being sarcastic. She does not like the winter. Uh, um, but today we're going to talk about winter workouts. I think this is one of the things, in the winter I always get to a point where I'm like, ugh, it's so easy in the summer, you can just go outside and you're already working out. You don't have to like wear 50 layers of clothes, you just go outside in your t-shirt and your shorts and you're already exercising. If this were the summer I'd be exercising, but instead I'm just going to stay in my house like <laughs> a polar bear. Under a blanket. Under a blanket. I guess polar bears don't have to be under blankets because they're naturally insulated. That's true. They have, a, like a, they have a built-in blanket. Grizzly bear that is hibernating. Yeah. Well, and that's actually very valid. The human body is designed to want to hibernate during the winters. Uh, and also in the summers, our energy levels are a little bit higher. There's more light. There's more... Uh, we have yeah, a lot more vitamin like there's D. there's more time also. And like, more time. Because yeah. the days are so short in the winter, it's like, ah, it's already bedtime. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's 4.45, but, you know. Especially here on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. For all you Californians listening, yeah. this doesn't apply to you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it applies to everyone. No. It gets a little chilly-ish in Northern California. Like, you have to wear a hoodie. Oh, my heart is bleeding for you. <laughs> no, we, we had to scrape off ice uh, in the mornings off of our cars because the, the weather would drop to like 32. Oh, yeah, like one or two times. <laughs> for, for Christmas this year, my mom gave my dad basically an oven mitt with a scraper attached so Whoa. that he can scrape the car without making his hand cold. That's a great idea. That's much better than like a credit card or... Don't worry, you, I didn't use... No, we had an actual scraper that thing. That would be the most California thing I've I, ever I, heard of, scraping off your car. Especially in car. Danville, California. <laughs> like everybody's on, Mercedes and BMW. I have to scra yeah, scrape the windshield of my BMW with my Amex black card. <laughs> you know, the mornings that I, I drove to school, it was dark... It was cold, ice on the car. You had to turn the car on before. Yes, we you, all you feel had to very let bad. It. For I know. <laughs> so the point is, everything's kind of working against you in terms of getting Everything. winter workouts in. Yeah. But Daphne says it's possible. It is possible. After my twelve years of living in New York City, I have figured out a way to stay 
not only active, but happy <laughs> during the winter. She says with a fake grin plastered on her I face. I get major seasonal effectiveness disorder. Yeah. Like, I feel like a different person in the winters, mm -hmm. and then a completely different person in the uh, during the rest of the year. But in my many years of living here, and also my many years of being a fitness professional, I have figured out ways to trick your body into not getting depressed and ways to uh, get the physical activity in to help with your overall mood. Uh, one thing I have to stress is just because your body wants to hibernate and just because you are feeling a little bit lazier and just because it is colder outside, it is totally still possible to get your workouts in. You just have to plan a little bit more and it requires a smidgen more effort in terms of preparedness but it's totally possible. All right, so what should you be looking for in a winter workout? Um, are there specific kinds of things you should be doing? Are there goals we should have? Mm -hmm. So just because you can't get outdoors, say a blizzard has hit, which it did mm -hmm. five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be longer ago by the time this airs, but guys, it ruined Daphne's birthday party. It did, but- She was very sad. I, um, yeah, I had some wine by myself, you know, and didn't know with my fiance, and everything was A-OK. -okay. And we rescheduled the birthday, so so everything was, uh, you know, everything's all good. But uh, we can't let the weather outdoors be, uh, we can't let that deter you from getting your physical activity in, and we can't let bad weather outdoors deter you from getting a workout in because, no excuses, I'm such a huge proponent of indoor workouts and of living room workouts. So let's talk... Um, even if you can't get outdoors to run, especially run because of, you know, actually potentially mm -hmm. dangerous yeah. weather conditions. Or bike or whatever your sort of, or even walk, mm -hmm. whatever your like go-to outdoor exercise is. And a lot of New Yorkers get around on bikes just in day-to-day -day life and, and you can't do that when the weather is, you know, super dangerous and scary. Um, not that the blizzard was dangerous and scary, but the blizzard would not was have been good for biking, not have been good for biking or going for a run. Right. Um, yeah, there was no visibility <laughs> at all. <laughs> so even if you can't run and even if you can't leave your apartment to get in your car and go to the gym or get on the subway and go to the gym or walk to the gym, it's okay. It's called the at home workout. And, um, there are a ton of different workouts you can do at home. Uh, some where you can follow along with a video on YouTube, or I can give you guys the tools to create your own at-home workout, even if you have zero equipment. I always say if you have enough space to lie down on the ground, if you have enough space to lay out a mat or a towel and lie flat, then that means you have enough space to do mat exercises, and that means you have enough space to stand up and squat, and that means you have enough space to drag in place, and you have enough space to do a burpee, and you have enough space to do jumping jacks. So no excuses. Hashtag no excuses. Living room workouts. Awesome. I feel like this is something that's gotten a lot easier uh, in the era of the internet, is mm. there is now so much free exercise content that's actually pretty good. It's good content, uh, too. On the internet. Um, we've talked about Fitness Blender before. Mm -hmm. um, there are a bunch of other ones. I've been doing some yoga with... Um, yoga with Adrian is the channel that I've been using. Um, like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom had, like, um, exercise records, like LPs, that she oh. would play and, like, exercise along to records so just audible they just like it's so yeah so it yeah. was just uh like, just sound oh wow so just like verbal cues mm -hmm. and oh fine yeah yeah uh we can do that right now everyone do some jumping jacks <laughs> and 10 9 8 7 6 and across the country there were car accidents as drivers <laughs> tried to do jumping jacks while listening to a podcast uh so it's gotten much easier to do uh, an interesting workout in your home. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I can post a couple good ones yeah. in the show notes. We love Fitness Blender. Um, I love uh, Pop Sugar has a lot of really great, uh, great videos. Men's Health also has a really great video section, and they have really fantastic online content. Funnily enough, for online videos and online online workout sources. Uh, the men's sites, they actually have more sound research and are a lot less fluffier than 
than mm. women's sites, interestingly enough. So yeah, uh, but Fitness Blender is a husband and wife couple, and they both have you know fantastic degrees in exercise science, and and so that's a good one. And then if you want to do a workout uh, and you're not following along to a video, and you just want to piece together a workout for you to do on your own. I always recommend just warming up with some jumping jacks and running in place, getting your heart rate up a little bit, drawing some blood to your muscles and um, expanding your lungs just a little bit, loosening up the muscles, loosening up the joints. You can do some arm swings, throw those in there. And then the best thing to do from there is to go either in the direction of Tabata training or circuit training. And you can do a mix of both. So a, an easy one is to do a Tabata of jump squats and burpees. So you do 20 seconds of jump squats and then you'd rest for 10 seconds and then do 20 seconds of burpees and then rest 10 seconds, then repeat it until every exercise gets performed four times and that's one Tabata interval. And remember that's the last name of the exercise physiologist who in the early 90s did all the research to support the 2010 method. So then say so you finish that and then next you can go into an ab or you can go into an ab circuit. You can pick three ab exercises, do each one 15 to 20 times and just repeat it three times. And then you can go into some upper body exercises and then just do some push-ups and some supermen. And there you have a perfectly effective and sufficient total body workout that you got to do in your apartment without even leaving. So no excuses. So we can work out in our houses. Um, if we um, can get to the gym, if we have a gym membership and we can get there, um, how do we make the most of being in the gym, especially in the winter? Like, let's talk about the treadmill first, because mm -hmm. I feel like especially for runners, that's everyone's like dreaded, like the treadmill, right? Like, that's why they call it the treadmill. You know, <laughs> uh, instead of like running five miles on a beautiful summer day, I'm like spending, for me, it would be like an hour mm -hmm. on a treadmill watching, like I was at the gym yesterday and it was like every channel was terrible. It was <laughs> like, maybe it was just the time of day and the time of year, but it was like, uh, you know, stuff about political debates, which I'm so over, um, <laughs> stuff about, uh, it was like a bunch of like cop shows where everyone's like torturing and murdering each other. Um, and then like local news, which is also all like disasters and stuff. And That's like, so boring. This is the worst. Where's the food network? That's right. <laughs> Show me some cake that I can run after. <laughs> <laughs> Those were just like the big TVs. I yeah, had control yeah. over the like machine Like the TV in one. front of you. Um, so anyway, treadmill okay, um, can so be the worst. How do we make it not the worst? Indoor cardio. Indoor cardio does not need to be mundane and indoor cardio does not need to be super tedious. So the machines that I recommend are the treadmill and the stair mill or the stair master. I think stair master is such a funny term. It's like it, it makes me think of 80s stuff but um, so most gyms they have a stair machine and it just it looks like actual stairs that you it's like that the are stair revolving. version of a treadmill mm -hmm. uh, and then the bike and uh you all know how i feel about elliptical machines yeah Daphne, <laughs> so, not so into the elliptical i'm not so into ellipticals i just i just firmly believe that they are i mean unless your resistance is super high it's better than nothing but the elliptical is more it's great for the elderly it's great for physical therapy um, but in terms of if you're healthy, the elliptical great for old or broken people. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I know I'm offending some major elliptical companies right now. Maybe but... some old and broken people. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> if you're old and broken, um, power to you or young yeah. and broken. Yeah. Yeah. The elliptical, I mean, I was on the elliptical a lot when I was rehabbing from surgery and it was a way of just moving and I did still get my heart rate up and, um, I did still, I did still, you know, sweat, and it was great to move my body because mm -hmm. I hadn't <laughs> in a long time. Yeah, it's so, better than your couch. Better than the couch. But if you can do the elliptical yeah. and you're not, you know, Pick a different under machine. special circumstances, you can probably do yeah, better. Yeah, I'd rather you bike. And even though you guys are going to hear like, oh, but the elliptical machine says I'm burning more calories than the stationary bike. Don't, don't even pay any do attention to it. Do you pay any it. attention to I any do of not. those machines' no. calorie counts? Mm -mm, no. It seems it's, really inaccurate, It's right? really inaccurate. It's based off of, um, and yeah, some of them let you input your, your age and your height and your gender, but even then, it's still really approximate. Mm -hmm. um, for some people, actually your sister even the other day, she like set a calorie goal for herself on the treadmill and just did cardio until she uh -huh. hit her calorie goal. That's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be the exact... That might not be exactly right, but it's a way heard. to like set a goal that you can. So compare I think it's a way to set, days. yeah, and that's kind of like you know, 
make yourself better than the next or, or make yourself better today than you were yesterday mm-hmm. right that's kind of like a nice little but you should slogan pretty, but what i've heard is that like basically all machines overestimate how many calories mm-hmm. you're burning yeah and that like this would be a good time for you to double check some things that I've held in my brain that I have no idea if they're real or not. But someone told, or I read somewhere once in an article about machines and counting calories that basically like running is probably the like cardio exercise that burns the most calories. It definitely is. And you, it's basically like a hundred calories per mile. Yeah. And rough approximate. Roughly. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's telling you more than that is probably lying to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the heavier someone is, the more calories they're going to burn. Sure. Someone who's in better shape is not actually going to burn as many, you know, so it's, it's so all... I burn like zero calories because <laughs> I'm in such great shape. You guys. Joanna's just running all the time. All the time. So <laughs> I barely break a sweat. Definitely don't have a red face for like three hours afterwards. (laughs) So the elliptical, it's, um, if you can pick a different machine at the gym to get your cardio in, pick a different machine, maybe use that as a warm up or cool down mechanism. Um, but in order to actually change your body, it's not going to happen on the elliptical. It's great if you are rehabbing or if you have an injury, um, or if you're elderly. <laughs> Here's the other thing about the elliptical. I don't think anyone is like, I love the elliptical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people, it's like the least intimidating mm-hmm. machine, but like, it is you know. definitely the least intimidating, but I don't think anyone's like, how dare you insult my elliptical? Yeah. So yeah, I hope people I, feel that way. <laughs> yeah. So we're here not to say like you suck because you use the elliptical <laughs> yeah. machine. Cause I, in college, that's all I did was oh, use the yeah. elliptical. I, I used, yeah, um, totally. but it's to say like, Hey, if you can do this, you could be spending that time in a way where you get like much better outcomes. Exactly. If you're going to if you're going to get your butt to your gym, then how about I, you know, maximize your hour for you so you get the most out of it and so you see the results. The, the most bang for your buck. Most bang for your buck. And I remember too I when said I was butt. I still <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I still remember when I was in high school and I hopped on the and I actually started off running. I started running when I was 14 and it wasn't until maybe I was 18 that I like hopped on the elliptical for the first time at my gym mm-hmm. and just kind of just for fun. And I remember like reading the calorie counts and being like this is amazing. I'm burning when so... When I run outside, I don't even get a calorie count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just think like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is magic. Yeah. Like, how is this, this, this easy fluid machine? And I'm like totally changing my life and on it. And here we and get to a key part of fitness, which is if it seems too good to be true. It is. It probably is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then a light bulb kind of went off a little bit later and I was like, hmm. It's a little too easy. And that's the thing with the elliptical. It prides itself in being like no impact. But the thing is, we're humans. We need impact. Humans were designed to run and jump and move and hop and skip and play. All the things we did in PE Mm -hmm. as kids. That's what humans are designed to do. We're not meant to hop on a machine and then let our feet glide smoothly no matter how high the rest of the resistance it's sort of like is. in Wally when all the humans are in their little like floating space pods and oh. they like don't have to walk or do anything anymore i haven't seen Wally what i know and stop i stop the presses and you know i love me an animated you okay. film by the time we record the next episode it, yeah. my younger sister's obsessed with it she has like Wally so t-shirts good. kung fu panda 3 comes out today <laughs> It's very exciting. <laughs> um, in addition to loving fitness. <laughs> she also loves fitness. So um, how do so we anyway, make the, yes. the so, treadmill and the bike and the stairs the most uh, effective for you? So how do we make the treadmill not the dreadmill? Well, um, the treadmill is a great machine if you know how to use it correctly. It doesn't need to be boring and it doesn't need to be mundane and it also does not need to feel so easy. A lot of times you do hear people and they say, this is so crazy. Like I can run three miles on the treadmill, but, but I have such a hard time running outside because the treadmill, the track is pulling your feet along. So your feet are just kind of getting flown up by the track. So see, we can diss other machines too, not just the elliptical. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there are issues with all, like I'd rather everybody get outdoors and move around, but, but if it's winter and if there's, you know, blizzard Jonas outside and you need to get on the treadmill and I totally had to do this and I had a great treadmill workout last week. Um, so what you want to do, there's a few things that I, I want to stress. You are in control of the treadmill. The treadmill is not in control of you. If you have the incline set at zero 
and you're sprinting at a 7.0 speed and you're feeling good and your feet are flying back behind you and you're just pumping your arms, you don't have control over the treadmill. You, you should actually go slower on the treadmill and up the incline. So you have control over the treadmill, the treadmill does not have control over you. And another thing, if you feel like you have to run so fast that you to keep up with the track that you're pressed up against the screen, you're pressed up against the handlebars, then you're not at the right speed. It's too fast and you're pushing your body and it's altering your form. So a few things to watch out for. Uh, a lot of times people do alter their form on the treadmill because a lot of times people do get a little too close to the screen. So here's note number one. You always want to be in the center of the treadmill. Let the belt bring you back a little bit. Don't be afraid. Let the belt bring you back a little bit. And then if you if you let the belt bring you back a little bit and you still do feel and you do feel afraid, the treadmill's too fast and you have to slow it down. Let the belt bring you back. Number two, always have the incline set at a 2.0 or higher. If your incline is less than 2.0, you are wasting your time. And if the incline is less than 2.0, then you are, um, you're, you may as well be on the elliptical. No. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. These so, are fighting words. Yeah, yeah. I'm very passionate about this because I, I myself have experienced very powerful and good workouts on the treadmill. And um, just if you know how to use it correctly, you're able to uh, really, really maximize your time on the treadmill. Number three, you don't need to do long runs on the treadmill. You can do intervals. So interval training on the treadmill is a lot more fun from a mental standpoint, and it's also really great for your body. So what you do with an inter interval workout is you, you, of course, warm up on the treadmill, but then try sprinting a little faster for about a minute, and then recovering and slowing down your pace for, uh, for two or three minutes. So you can do that a few times, just back and forth, back and forth. You don't need to be on the treadmill for an hour. If you're on the treadmill for an hour, you're on the treadmill too long. That's a long time to be on a machine. I would prefer someone run outdoors for an hour than run on the treadmill for an hour because that's a really long time to be kind of manipulating your body to stay on a machine. Your form is always different on the treadmill than it is when it's outside. So, so far we have uh, let the belt bring you back uh, because you wanna be in control of the treadmill. Don't be pushed up against the front of the treadmill, so don't be pushed up against the screen and the handlebars and uh, do intervals on the treadmill. Okay. So treadmill, treadmill is great to have shorter cardio workouts. Don't worry about doing your long runs on the treadmill. And if you're training for some type of a race and you need to get a long run in, I'd rather you just schedule that long run for a different day. Even if it puts you back a little bit, it's more worth it. Um, because think about it, if you're training for a race to run outdoors, you running 10 miles on the treadmill is not going to it's not really preparing. You it's not preparing right you for the right thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a different, different, you know, d different thing completely. In fact, I think we should even just deem this a treadmill workout is different from running outside. However, you do want to have the incline up a little bit so it's not too easy. Having the incline up does mimic outdoor conditions. And um, when you are running on a treadmill, try to listen to your footfall. If you are if you are stomping really loudly, that means you are striking too hard, and that means chances are you are striking with your heel. You always want to strike with the center of your foot. Uh, make sure there's no tension in your arms, and most importantly, play around with the incline. So you can take the incline up, try to power up a hill for a little bit, uh, and then play around with the speed. Just make sure that when you do sprint, you are still able to be in control of the treadmill. You should never feel out of control on the treadmill, even during the sprints. Let the belt bring you back a little bit and make sure that you have the power and it's not the treadmill just stringing your feet along. So even if it's just, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, three miles, uh, make the treadmill workout a little bit shorter. Just make it a little bit more intense by adding hills and adding intervals. Make sure you warm up and make sure your form is correct. And, and yeah, and have a good time. Do you have opinions on like music or TV while using the treadmill? Yeah, I think music is fine. Just as long as you're not holding your iPod, um, or phone. Uh, not holding it in your not hand. holding it in your hand. Yeah, mm -hmm. let it sit in the cup holder. But then also be aware that once you have the headphones in, you might be tempted to lean forward to try to keep the 
keep yourself close mm-hmm. to your device. So just let the belt bring you back. Running with music is totally fine. And then running, watching TV. With TV, it's interesting. I um, I actually always intentionally keep the TV on my treadmill screen off. There's a couple reasons why. Uh, some TVs adjust the angle of your neck. And you should always be looking at the horizon. You should never be looking down. But some treadmills, the TV is right in front of you. But then some treadmills, the TV is too high. Mm-hmm. So... I think the best thing to do is to not put the TV on your screen on. And then secondly, when you're on the treadmill, you're there to work, not watch TV. Sure. I mean, that's going to, that's a hard thing. I think because a lot of people like use that as like the thing that gets them to the gym, right? It's like they have a show that they like only watch when they're on the treadmill. This is true. And if that's the case, I don't want you to not go at all because mm -hmm. I said that. Um, sometimes I find it fun too. I remember when I was a lot younger, I actually enjoyed watching Biggest Loser on the track. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. It made me just work really hard. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, if you can use the TV to your benefit, if, if it's something that inspires you, but the second you watch TV and you completely zone out and lose body awareness and lose, um, lose your form and are not really thinking about your body, that's when you want to kind of be cognizant of... Mm-hmm of what's happening. So you can watch TV, but maybe every few minutes, just give yourself a little mental check-in and just make sure your form is good. Your shoulders are relaxed. You're looking forward at the horizon and you are striking with the center of your foot and you are in the middle of the treadmill, not pushed up against the, against the, the TV. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some other good ways to make good use of the gym in the winter? And then of course the stair machine. I love that one gets my heart rate up higher than running. Big yeah. time, yeah. Definitely um, makes me do stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so Joanna, hard. but you're so good at them. <laughs> you don't know. I know. <laughs> Joanna's good at everything, Stop. including stairs. She's the best stair climber. <laughs> um, so, thoughts on stairs? Thoughts on stairs. Uh, if you go to the gym and if you want, you can do a little cardio circuit and you can do, and this is what we have Joanna do, 15 minutes on the stairs, 15 minutes on the treadmill, 15 minutes on the bike. Uh, and when you're on the stairs, just make sure that you are not hunched over the railings, just fingertips lightly touching the railings of your stair machine. Make sure you are picking your feet up and then gently stepping them down versus stomping your feet down because you can really hurt your knees that way. So just keep your abs in, keep your feet gentle, and um, don't do the stairs on your tippy toes the whole time. So you actually do no want... No Barbie feet? No Barbie feet, yeah. You actually do want to start with your with your with the balls of your feet and then just, you know, step your full foot just the way you would do stairs in life. Um, don't go up on your tippy toes the whole time and just keep your abs engaged and squeeze your butt with every step you take. And, oh, and some of you guys might even be doing cardio right now while you're listening to us. So on the bike, uh, same thing, make sure that the resistance is high and keep your belly button engaged and just make sure you are not hunched over and that you still have good posture, even if you are leaning forward on the stationary bike. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing we had talked about before is pools and Toy swimming. Pools. So I feel like this is a thing where if you are a New York person, it's probably unusual for your gym to have a pool. Whereas if you live in other places, it's probably a lot more common for your gym to have a pool. So we're, we're talking to you people in other places mostly who are more likely to have access to a pool, an indoor pool. Um, so indoor swimming. Such a great form of exercise. I wish we had more ability here in New York to to do that. I kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was able to swim throughout the entire year, and now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, swimming is a great workout, and you can also get swimming gear. I mean, it's very inexpensive. It's just a bathing suit and maybe a cap if the pool requires you to have a swim cap. Um, I didn't even have – I would just wear – bathing suit bottoms and just like the best sports bra I had. Uh-huh. That's what I used to swim in because I guess it just wasn't that. And I never swam like professional. I, mm-hmm. I didn't do it for, I was never on a team or anything. Yeah. And because I felt like sometimes one piece is like shortened my body a little bit. Mm. So I wanted to be free. Sure. <laughs> so it's a very inexpensive, uh, but then in New York, if you have access to <laughs> a swimming pool, it is expensive. Yeah, you're probably paying through the nose for it. Yeah, so that's another great form of uh, indoor cardio. And then, of course, at the gym, you can put yourself through so many positive um, 
strength circuits, you can do intervals, you can play around with equipment that you don't have at home, um, you can do rows, you can do more back exercises. So the gym has a lot of, uh, we're going to call them toys for you to play with. So you can view the gym as like fun time. <laughs> Great. I'm going to go have some fun time <laughs> after work. Right so fun. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Daphne. Your eyes just rolled into the back of your head. I know. I have to <laughs> claw them back to the front of my face. Um, but I get what you're saying, but like the winter is a good time to explore the parts of your gym that you maybe have not gotten to explore in other times and you might even find something that uh, you like or is at least interesting. Mm -hmm. We're going to shoot for not boring, even if we can't achieve fun. I'll take it. Uh, Awesome. Uh, What about, we've talked about this a little bit before in terms of like winter stuff. So you like hot yoga in the winter, right? I do. I, it's so important to get the body to sweat. The body is meant to sweat. And when you warm up your body, when you create that internal fire with exercise, um, you lower your stress levels and you elevate your metabolism and sweating releases a lot of endorphins. So I am pro sauna and pro hot yoga. Hot yoga and Bikram yoga are two different things. So hot yoga is just any type of yoga in a heated room. And then Bikram is a very specific type of movements and, and uh, different types of uh, yoga. It's like a different yoga series that is also done in a heated room. So hot yoga, it Bikram is hot yoga, but if it's just hot, hot, yes, but if it's hot yoga, then it's not necessarily Bikram. I personally love Bikram yoga. Um, I've noticed a lot of really positive changes in my body, in my body and in my digestive system. Oddly enough, I know it's weird. A lot of the twists are very good for like colon health and, and, you know, detoxifying. And I think that Yes, you know, it's great to be in a heated room and it's great to just be drenched in sweat. You feel so good after it. Um, I've actually never done normal hot yoga, but then whenever I take vinyasa, it gets so hot in there and then I'm always drenched in sweat anyways. And then, um, you know, I guess the the vinyasa classes I've taken, there were like a thousand people in there. So it's heat from other people's bodies, which is... Hooray! Yay! (laughs) But um, Bikram, I find really great for maintaining a healthy weight in the winter time. So for those of you who are open to the idea of doing some type of heated, uh, heated yoga, go ahead and give it a shot. I just recommend your first couple times, take it easy. And your first few times don't overstretch yourself. You might think you're a little bit more, you're a little bit more warmed up than you actually are. So just be careful with the first like 30 minutes of class just to not overstretch. Yeah. I would say with yoga, we've talked about this with like instructors of all kinds, but I think This happens in yoga a lot, which is um, make sure that you are in a situation where you feel like you're getting the observation you need. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you are in those classes with like 500 people, which is like when I take yoga, that's often what happens too, because it's like donation based. So it's like every NYU student, Um, which is, yeah, which is great. Um, but it means like that teacher cannot possibly be watching you do everything that you're doing. So especially if you're new to yoga or you're not like super confident in the poses, um, we wouldn't want you to do anything that would hurt yourself. So look for an environment where you feel like you're being taken care of. Um, and you're a good judge of that. Like if you feel comfortable and like you have a good relationship with the instructors at a place, I feel like that tends to be like either a place has that or it doesn't mm-hmm. and you'll sort of get the feel of what kind of place it is. Um, but don't, don't settle for like a bad hot yoga experience. Mm-hmm. Like find somewhere where like the teacher's paying attention and they can answer your questions and all that stuff. Cause we don't want you to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And then um, body awareness is key. If something feels uncomfortable, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're surrounded by a lot of other people and you don't want to look silly, just don't I, do it. Just go into child's pose. Just I sit down. An totally old doctor down. who, when I went to see him about my shoulder, he was like, what, what is the problem? And I said, well, when I stack plates on my left side, it hurts. And he said, well, then don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, this is the oldest joke about doctors that there has ever been. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but in terms of exercise, yeah, if it hurts, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like don't be afraid to speak up if you do have a question. And um, even if the instructor can't possibly pay attention to everybody in the room and is like trying their best to keep eyes on 500 people at yoga to the people. 
I loved yoga to the people. It totally. Was good it's times a great in thing. New York. Yeah. I haven't gone to there in like eight years, I think. Um, but um, uh, just maintain your body awareness the entire time and you'll be good to go. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say about working out at the gym or? Yeah, I think um, no excuses. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Daphne. We have to keep working out Hashtag even though it's cold. no excuses. <laughs> Roar. Um, so this is something that I don't know how much you know about it because you grew up in California. I'm so glad you prefaced that because I was just about to say our next topic. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to, uh, to say about this. Um, is that I wanted to talk about winter sports because... <laughs> In places where it is cold, like my homeland of Minnesota, there are a lot of outdoor sports that you can only do in the winter. For example, there's skiing, either downhill or cross country. Um, and those are both um, things people do for fun that also happen to be exercise. So um, cross country skiing, like once you have the skis, it's like a super accessible sport because you don't have to like pay for a lift ticket or like any of that stuff. You just like go somewhere and ski around. Um, Do you own skis? I did when I was younger. I had cross-country skis. Oh. Um, Minnesota is not known for its mountains. So right. they do have downhill ski areas, but I never went to them. Um, but I know people who, like, grow up skiing, like, they do, like, downhill skiing. They do it all the time, and they have all the gear, and that's awesome. Um, snowshoeing is a thing. Um, and that's a good one if you're, like, afraid of... <laughs> skiing <laughs> because you can still be like out and about and it's active but there I think it's a lot easier to maneuver on snowshoes my parents got each other snowshoes last year oh so they can snowshoe together that's so nice I know do you um, enjoy snowshoeing I've never been snowshoeing I would like to try it yeah I, I saw some like people doing it in fun. the park after the um after the blizzard so everyone just trudge around in snow. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, just walk around in the snow. Uh, and then ice skating. Mm -hmm. um, skating is an ex a form of exercise. And um, you can, there are, I feel like within skating, there's like figure skating. There's um, like hockey. There's broom ball. Have you Ooh, heard of broom ball? Yeah. Broom ball. And people, are they actually on skates for broom ball? No. Or just, it's they just different. They the have thing. like broom ball shoes. That's so fun. My dad played, has played at least on a broom ball team of course in the past. Uh, it's a great plan. way to hurt yourself. <laughs> but it's also pretty fun. Um, so if, if you live in a place where there are winter sports and that's a thing that you like, go for it. Because that's a great way to like combine exercise and fun. Um, it still gets you outdoors too. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. you don't have to run all the time. Right. Like you could just... Ski. <laughs> One thing that I think Minnesotans do well and Canadians do well, and I think I've been hearing a lot of stuff about like, um, like far northern, like far northern, like Scandinavian countries who have like, you know, very little daylight this time of year, um, like Denmark and Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, I think they like find ways to not hide from the winter weather, but instead uh, totally. embrace it. Uh, yeah, um, I and agree. like, you know, part of it is like, uh, just accepting that it's happening and then like getting out anyway. Like I was when we were in Chicago for Thanksgiving, um, it was like pouring freezing rain and we went to this, um, German Christmas market and it was like packed full of people <laughs> because in the Midwest in the winter, if you changed your plans every time the weather was bad, you just wouldn't get to do anything. Yeah. yeah. So there's a certain amount of it. That's attitude. Obviously we yeah. want you to be safe. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, getting out there, even though it's cold, and making sure that you're, like, appropriately dressed, um, you know, makes it feel like your world is a lot bigger. Yeah. I think. It's like you can't let winter, uh, you can't just let it affect Can't everything. let it control you. Can't let it control you. Mm -hmm. You can't let it, um, you know, stop your life. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that, like, in, in Denmark and stuff, they, like, make the winter, like, a super cozy time. Like, they yeah. sort of lean into the darkness and have, like, candles and, like... You know, they make it nice. You know, in Denmark, actually, I remember this very vividly. I, well, I spent quite a, a, a good chunk of time there in the winter right after I graduated college because I was performing there. You knew this. No, I yeah, don't I was in this at Yeah, all. I was in Copenhagen. No memory of this. Really? Yep. This, it was you around... must have told your other friend about That's it. That's because... so funny. Yeah, it was like what in October or November. I was performing with a Danish cabaret troupe. So sure. they were, but it was cabaret in the sense of all different types of performing arts. Uh -huh. So I was, 
I was dancing and not like cabaret dancing, like, like pieces, like, uh-huh. uh, and then also narrating some films and it was just this big like evening of art and they were How originally there that I was there for a month and a half. And so they were there, so they were in New York first, and then I got cast in the New York version of it, and then they decided to bring me with them back to Copenhagen. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't told you this. No. Well, this was one of my, one of the most amazing experiences of my life, but anyway, so winter in Denmark, um, that year, Denmark was also deemed the happiest country in the entire world with the lowest rates of depression, lowest rates of suicide, lowest rates of stress. And they said that even despite the very short days there, and it got dark very early, and and it was kind of gray every Mm -hmm. single day, um, but I've never been happier. And um, yeah, it doesn't, life doesn't stop. But so what they were saying is that winter breeds a stronger sense of community. Mm-hmm. And that's why those rates of, you know, depression and all that, that's why those rates were so low. So that's, um, I, I wish I could, was able to apply that to my <laughs> New York life. I try, I'm a lot better than I used mm-hmm. to be. I mean, I used to have a hard time with winters. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, okay, winter, bring it on. We're going for it. <laughs> I'm going to go to this holiday market in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm going to drink warm mulled wine and yeah. it'll all be delightful. I actually feel, I feel good this winter so far. Granted, we're only 29 days in <laughs> to the new year, but I feel so far so good. Good. Ask um, me in March how I'm feeling. Right. Well, let's talk about so if you are going to be outdoors doing exercise either running or some of these other things in the winter you've given me some great tips in the past uh, for how to dress for winter outdoor workouts so one thing that I really pride myself in is um, especially in years past when I was running a lot more half marathons and when I was running more marathons all the races, for some reason, I always picked races for me in like March and April. So mm-hmm. that means you have to train throughout the winter. Yeah, that's and what I, happened to us last year. We ran mm-hmm. a March half marathon, so we were training in January and February. January, yeah. And the thing is, uh, like I always say, you have to train outdoors because you're running an outdoor race. So training on the treadmill doesn't do you any good because it's it's essentially two separate two separate things. You may as well consider the treadmill like cross training at this point in time. So um, with winter running, I feel like this is something I'm very passionate about and something that I know is possible. So for many years, I ran outdoors straight throughout the winter. And that was something that also helped with, you know, my mood, mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my SADS, my seasonal effectiveness disorder. Um, I'm making myself, I'm painting this picture of this, like... Because <laughs> Jeff having a really like, hard time. Yeah, this, like, dark, and, and, and really, you know, I love all seasons. Um, but, so for, for winter running... It is still possible to run outdoors in the winter. So for many years, I kept a running log, and every run I went on, I recorded the wind speed, the temperature, the uh, wind chill, sorry, the wind chill, um, the temperature, the time of day, the amount of daylight, how I felt before, during, and after. And I have basically come to the conclusion, if the wind chill is not too high, and if it's in the 30s, you're going to warm up fast. Mm-hmm. Like I remember having some runs and, and, and New York, we're lucky. It's actually kind of sunny in the winters. It's like not dreary. And it's, it's not mm-hmm. like Seattle where it's gray all the time. Like for those of you who New York is actually very sunny in the winters and the skies are, the sky is blue and it's just a crisp, sharp cold. So, um, if the wind chill is a little bit low and if the sun is out, I recommend getting your run in during the day. If you can, when the sun is out, I know for a lot of people that's really hard because you're finishing work and it's dark already. It's, it gets dark around maybe weekends. five, but on the weekends, um, on the weekends, go for a run when the sun is at its highest point. So um, maybe one or two here in New York, I think right now. And also if the wind chill is down and if you're appropriately bundled up without the wind chill and with you bundled up and with the sun, you are going to sweat. Some of my sweatiest winter runs were when the weather was like 30, um, but the wind chill was low. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to the wind chill. If the wind chill is too high, then maybe maybe skip your run for that day. And I also tracked the direction that the wind was going. So I already knew when I started my run, I wanted to go in the direction where the run would, or where the wind would be hurting, where the wind would be like bad at first lane, like in my face. And then that way on my run back, the wind would be behind me and it would be just like helping me out. And so this was around the time that I was uh, running up and down the West Side Highway when I was living in Hell's Kitchen. So winter run, winter running, totally possible, not scary. Um, even if it drops down to, uh, I think some of my coldest runs were in the 
15 to 18 degree range and I felt fine. I had every inch of my body covered and there was still snow on the ground. And I remember doing 18 miles in Central Park that day Jeez. because I was training for a race and that's when my long run had to happen. But of course my race, my race was March 6th. So this long run was a month before. So mm-hmm. it was in February. Um, and I felt fine, but, um, I must say that if it were any colder, I don't think that that would have been okay. Mm-hmm. There were tons of runners in Central Park that yeah, day. Yeah, they're always out. So winter running, um, you guys, I know if you've seen people running in like during the winters, they're not crazy. They just know what they're doing. Chances are they're bundled up really effectively. So winter running on your gear. List? Winter running gear. I am such a huge fan of... Under Armour. Under Armour, please sponsor this podcast. I know. So none of these people we've mentioned so far are paying us. But if they'd like to, give us a call. <laughs> we would email love us that. at... <laughs> just One More Podcast. Just, info at justonemorepodcast.com. Oh, right. Oops. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> now Under Armour so. won't sponsor us because we said our email address wrong. <laughs> Under Armour. I, uh, I, just, I have to say this. When it comes to cold winter gear... Um, and like I'm sponsored by like other companies. I'm like, I just, I have to say this, but Under Armour really makes the best cold weather gear. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I've tried it all, I've literally tried it all. And, um, they actually have really good technology behind their things and their things are cute. And I think it's a nice trusted brand. So everything I wear is Under Armour. So here's the key to running outdoors in the winter. You want every part of your body covered. So let's start from your head. Uh, heat escapes through your head. You have to be in a hat. Uh, you, even if it's, even if you can't find like a beanie to cover your ears, at least be in a baseball cap. Even I wear a hat that I bought at old Navy, like 15 years ago, that is like multicolored stripes and has polar fleece around the ear part. Perfect. Cause I don't care if it smells bad. Yeah. You can always wash it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this beanie or no, do don't I? Smell yeah. it. <laughs> So always make sure your head is covered. And then if you have a, you can make do if you have a baseball cap and you have some type of earmuffs, maybe the ones that go behind your neck, um, just wear that. I've totally done runs like that. But if you are going to, you know, get yourself something that's a little bit more specific, they make cold weather beanies that cover your ears. And they make even, they even make these cold weather things that you put over your entire face Mm -hmm. and it like wraps around your neck and it covers your nose and your mouth and then it goes above your head but then you can adjust it and you can pull it all down so it just goes over your neck or you can just do the head part or you can just do the mouth part um and that brand hmm I'll find that and I'll put that in our show notes. I have cool. one of those. That's what I had to wear during my 18 mile run. I look like a burglar. <laughs> so, cause it's only your eyes showing. Yeah. Matt has a, like a face mask that he wore during our winter training runs. Cause he, he has uh, asthma. So like breathing cold air is especially like irritating to him, mm-hmm. but he has, it, he used it for biking, which is why he had it, but it just like wrapped around oh, the front of yeah. his face and then Velcroed in the back. That's perfect. And then that also warms up your oxygen before you mm-hmm. intake it. So it's, um, it makes the it makes breathing not quite so sharp and labor intensive when you're running. Mm-hmm. So that's your head. And then in terms of what to wear on your body, like your trunk, your torso, I always wear an Under Armour shell. These shells are probably the most unflattering things <laughs> I've ever seen. It's just like a big mock turtleneck and it's mm-hmm. so tight that it feels like sausage casing. <laughs> like when I squeeze my body into one, I'm always like, no one can ever see me in this. Like I would never wear that just we'll post by post a itself. picture on our Instagram. <laughs> just kidding. It's kind of horrifying. Like if you go onto the Under Armour website and you see like the models and the shells, I'm like, I do not look like that. It's literally the most unflattering thing you've ever You're put really on. You're really selling this to But it's supposed to look like that mm. because it's literally supposed to be a second skin. So the Under Armour shell, and it insulates you like nothing else. And then some type of winter running jacket over that, whether it's a zip-up or a hoodie even, or if you want to get really fancy, just like some type of cold weather gear running jacket that is also like wind resistant, then you're, you're good to go. So I only wear two layers. I have my shell, and then I have the thing I wear over that. Hands, gloves, 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 gloves. You have to have gloves. Um... I think that's like non-negotiable or else you're going to be running with your like hands balled up into Mm -hmm. fists and then like with your sleeves over your hands and it's just not efficient because plus you don't want to have that tension in your hands uh, if they're cold and you're balling them up into fists because that line of tension is going to travel up your arms and into your neck and it's going to affect your form. So that's the hands, uh, gloves. They don't even need to be fancy gloves. 
Um, however, I think the two most important pieces of clothing are the shell, mm-hmm. the, the, the unflattering sausage casing shell, and your leggings. Yeah, when I did this, I did sort of the like slightly cheapy version. So I did buy good winter tights because um, I didn't have anything like that. But then what I did was I wore like a, a wicking type t-shirt with a long sleeve shirt over it and then a hoodie over that. Great. Um, and then I had a hat and gloves. Um, and then if it was like really cold, I tied a scarf around my face. So that's sort of the like... That's perfect. Don't buy anything new method. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's perfect because ultimately you're still wicking the cold sweat away from your body. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, that's the critical thing. Everyone avoid cotton. No you're, cotton you're gonna, is your innermost layer in the yeah, winter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that sweat is going to get cold and no one wants to run the risk of hypothermia. That's so, so true. <laughs> so good winter leggings. So mine are also under armor and they are very different than just normal fashion leggings. Um, they're normal, they're different than like Athleta, Old Navy, like Under Armour winter leggings. They make it so you go outside and your legs feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they literally feel nothing. And it's not even like they're thick. It's just technology. No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the technology of yeah, it. Yeah, they do have like a little bit of like a soft they're, inner layer. They're yeah, they're like a little bit thicker, but they're mm-hmm. still super stretchy. Yeah, and they're like, um, and then of course socks and shoes. So, um, <laughs> oh, we should wear those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the most important thing is when you are running outdoors, uh, safety first. Uh, if you are going outdoors and it is a little bit darker, especially in the winter times because it does get dark so early, you do want to have some type of reflective gear on yourself, whether it's on your chest or whether it's some type of headpiece that does have reflective gear. Um, you can order anything like that online um, or just try to run outdoors when the sun is out. <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to see if I can sort of wrap up our um, takeaways from our winter workouts. So the first one is no excuses. We have to work out even though it's the winter. <laughs> Hashtag no excuses. Right. Um, but that there are totally doable ways to do it. So we can work out in our living room, even if we just have a little bit of space. We can either do like something that we find online or we can create our own Tabata um, sequence or a circuit for ourselves. Um, if we go to the gym, um, we can do indoor cardio. We can use the stairs where we just want to make sure that we're not like hunched over our stairs. We're going to stand up straight and just lightly hold on. Um, And the treadmill doesn't have to be the treadmill. We want to have the incline up at at least 2.0 and do some intervals so that we um, aren't bored. And we're not going to run for like an hour on the treadmill. We're going to keep it shorter but more intense. Um, And with the bike, we just want to make sure that the um, resistance is up high enough that we're actually working right? And then we still have good posture. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can also, if we have access to a pool, we can swim in the winter. Um, If we do hot yoga, we can do some of that. Um, And then we can do winter sports. Sometime I'll take you to do some winter sports, Stephanie. Thanks, Joanna. No problem. (laughs) And then if we're going to um, work out outside, we're going to make sure that we have like wicking layers as the closest layers to our bodies, cover all the surfaces, um, cover our mouths if if we need to do that for breathing. Um, and obviously, like if it's super icy or if it's really really cold or if the wind chill is really strong, like just don't do it. Work out inside those days. There's no point in risking it. And hot yoga. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So is... happy winter working out, everybody. Yeah, winter. It ain't so bad. It's not so bad. This makes me feel it's not that bad. And the best <laughs> part about working out over the winter is that then when you hit spring break or the summer. You aren't like, oh, I have to go from zero to bikini. All you dudes I know spend all of your spring thinking about how you're going to fit into that bikini. <laughs> Hashtag but, no winter layer. That's right. Um, so you don't have to worry about it because you're already working out. You're already fit. This is a segment called What Your Trainer Eats, where we ask Daphne about the things she eats. <laughs> So Daphne, let's talk about dessert. What do you eat for dessert? You do eat dessert, right? I, of course, eat dessert. Oh, thank goodness. And I love dessert. And I love sweets. And I love, I love all things delicious. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely have a sweet tooth. Um, I think uh, for me, dessert is the highlight of my day. (laughs) So I have some 
I have some healthier desserts and I have some more, more like weeknight desserts. Uh, and then I also have my indulgences that I, I love to splurge on. So during the week, I, I go dessertless a few nights during the work week. Uh, the work week because there are a few nights that I do want my body to go to bed feeling a little bit lighter and I want to make sure I go to bed on an empty stomach. So it's kind of like Monday through Wednesday. Those are generally the, and also because of the weekend, those are generally the evenings that I um, elect to not have something dessert-y. Um, but when I do, and then also like when Thursday and Friday roll around. So my favorite desserts, and I think the best options out there are, of course, dark chocolate. Delicious. 70% dark chocolate is uh, so full of antioxidants. And last week we talked a little bit about antioxidants. Antioxidants are things that prevent your body from creating oxidative rust. So um, if you put you know, lemon on an apple that prevents it from browning. An antioxidant is when you eat something, it's like preventing your inside from browning and getting rusty. So dark chocolate has a lot of antioxidants. Uh, I would rather someone eat a few pieces of dark chocolate than uh, maybe eat something, you know, prepackaged. But then sometimes some of my dessert choices came out of a package. So, <laughs> so dark chocolate. I also love the Brookside dark chocolate covered berries. Um, I love chocolate. I'm just going to stress that. A million times and I should be able to love chocolate because chocolate is amazing and we should all uh, be allowed to have as much chocolate as we want and um, in terms of uh, another two other after dinner like if I have an earlier dinner and if I am a little hungry ish and I do want to have something dessert y I will have Greek yogurt with honey and like nothing else and it just is like ice cream but it's it's not i know Normal it's not people, we know it's not ice cream I know, but i know and i know it's not ice cream <laughs> um but um but it could still be delicious yeah and, and i love honey so greek yogurt with honey and um and you could of course you know throw in other things in there but i feel like when you throw in like granola and berries and it turns into breakfast and i just want something like i don't know easily digestible uh -huh. and just kind of creamy and sweet uh and then um i always have on hand peanut butter companies cinnamon raisin swirl peanut butter which is heaven there's no other way to describe it and i'll have a couple scoops of that and that's also really high in protein so we have chocolate we have you know yogurt but uh peanut butter those are all great desserty items that are on the nutrient dense side so what does daphne eat when that's not happening <laughs> um, well i uh, wine no <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, I love, I love gummy candies. See, and Daphne loves packaged foods, just like I know. I know. And I'm always like, don't eat Daphne, packaged are foods. Are you secretly but a normal person? Somewhere deep down inside. Deep down on the inside, I might be a normal person who just really loves Sour Patch Kids <laughs> and Swedish Fish. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a gummy candy person. Uh, so I love gummy candies and uh, all types of gummy candies. Bears. I, I don't discriminate. <laughs> Based on shape. Yeah, based on shape or animal uh, or, you know, fish, bears. Uh, and, yeah, you can go a little healthier with gummy candy options. Whole Foods has the bulk candy section, and they have their they have some gummy versions of candies, and, and that's great if you want to do that. And, and I've done that, too, before. But, um, yeah, gummy candies. I love ice cream, but I love gelato. I think mm. that's, like, the – I think that's the uh, – the quality versus quantity person in me coming out. Like I'd rather have just Talenti gelato. Um, and then whenever I go out to dinner on like a Friday or a Saturday night, uh, I always get dessert. Whatever's on the menu. All of it. All of it. Whatever. Everything. What do you got? Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker for like a brownie sundae. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy I, though to have like person. a level of dessert that is sort of like between no dessert and full on indulgence. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I definitely yeah. have nights where I just think I don't need it and but then I have nights where I need it <laughs> yeah and then there are nights where and you do want to give yourself a sense of structure and 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 you people don't need dessert every single night um it's it's fine to have a treat every day but it doesn't necessarily need to be dessert 
Um, sometimes for me, I'll have my dark chocolate as my like 4 or 5 p.m. snack, and that way I can have my cutoff time right after dinner. So even having that sweet but having it at a different point in time during the day, um, and that way you don't feel quite so deprived. So that night you're not like, oh, Daphne says it's Monday and I shouldn't eat dessert. <laughs> How did you know exactly what I say every Monday? It's so weird. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for telling us what you eat for dessert, Daphne. You're welcome. Maybe we can get Sour Patch Kids to sponsor us too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.